Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Bald Move Television. We're the officially unofficial podcast for all of television, and like most times on Wednesday for the last six weeks, seven weeks, we are coming seven. back to talk about Hulu's Harlots. Uh, this is episode 307. I'm your host, Aaron. And I am Cecily. Cecily, what did you think of this episode of Harlots? This was an episode of Harlots. It was. And there's something that I've been putting off telling you and everyone else for for a while now. And I think it's time for me to come clean. Okay. Last I go to debtor's prison. And that is, we killed another show, Aaron. We killed another show. It feels like it. I mean, it feels like okay. So here are my honest opinions without that, uh, without that funny commentary. It seems like a lot of the things that they are paying off now could have been paid off last season had there not been things like Margaret Wells or Leslie Manville wanting to do another show or Jessica Brown Finley wanting to do another show. It seems like there are some things they quickly set up. And resolved or didn't, or it just seems like they were kind of passing time to keep us invested for another season, maybe just on the hope that it would, that the cast would stay together and that we could get something bigger going later. But I am, I'm feeling kind of disappointed. No, I I mean, I don't know about all their payoffs and plans and all that, but it just feels to me like there is just so much happening that everything. Okay. Harlots always work. Cause there's this delicate balance of power and like, you know, the different harlots factions would curry favor with this person or that person that had this ace up their sleeve, that ace up their sleeve. And it all felt very natural. And like, you're just seeing this house of cards being constructed now it's like I just laughed when Quigley says you're at the pinnacle of your profession. Like I watched this woman went from farmhouse to bedlam to the princes, the for- fourth in line of the to to the thrones main courtesan. How the hell does that happen? So this woman nev- wanted to screw a guy in a barn because she was really attracted to him, mm-hmm. and she got locked up in a traumatic way, and suddenly she is just very eased into this profession and also handling men who don't respect her boundaries. But we, in the first season, we saw Lucy who grew up in this life and knows Mm -hmm. better than anyone how to handle men and things like that. And she had serious difficulties. Sure. uh, Easing into that lifestyle. And they did a great job of telling that story, but for Kate to just, be this gateway for Lydia to immediately come back to all right. of her power. All of it. Like, all of it. And, and never a threat to give it and taken back to Bedlam. Never any kind of like problem no with her showing up. Uh, I, and also like Lord Blaine, what, how impotent is this guy? Like he shows up at his sister's house and just essentially, you know, alone and throws a fit and begs for his son back. Like, I've thought, I mean, this guy's a Marcus. Why doesn't he show up with a whole bunch of officials, with a whole bunch of constables and all that? I, I, I don't, I guess I don't understand the balance of power. I really don't. And I don't understand, like, why Lucy Wells, a notorious harlot, um, why on her word uh, you could end a guy like Blaine. Um, I don't think they've done a very good job of, like, like they could have... They could have established the fact that Blaine is kind of in a precarious position amidst the aristocracy or something, but like he's both 
jockeying for this high position of governor and this favor with the king, but also, I don't know, um, able to be brought low by a brand new justice Knox. And I, I, I don't know. I, it, it or just, like Lord Fallon killed himself in order to preserve the Spartan ministry or whatever it right. is. And still they had to disband anyway mm-hmm. because now he's got a craving for killing again. Right. I need to kill again. Get me a kill. Why did you ever stop? If the one well, person who threatens the sanctity of this order killed himself in front of you and you know that your secret's not getting, getting out, then why did you ever stop? Also, was Lydia really the linchpin there? The- also, was this show always this reliant on people just happening to be in the right place in the right time to see? I understand that like... Oh my god, yes. It's one thing when you had like Prince Rinseless, you know, like kind of seeing something that gets passed through the grapevine, but it's another thing for like the main characters to just see other main characters... It's you a know, small town. Everyone happens to be walking through the same streets when they think they're having private conversations and they're right. always overheard by other main characters. Right. That's the other problem is I don't buy any of the romances that they're trying to establish no. except for except with the possible exception of Nancy and Lady Fitz. Mm-hmm. But even then, that's very matchy-matchy cute just because I know they're both lesbians. Right, it's only because they set up this love story between Margaret and Nancy already. And you bought that, and now you know how much Lady Isabella felt for Charlotte and that Margaret and Nancy had together. So you believe that those two find comfort in each other. Yeah. So this relationship, you don't buy it on the face of it. You buy it because of those past, those first few seasons. Like I'm saying, they set up so masterfully. And Nancy is just having some serious issues that i would love to see her work through in a in a healthy way which you know you'll never get because of this time period but that that works for me mm-hmm. i like that i love that they're finding comfort in each other i don't entirely hate this but it's like the more episodes that keep unfolding the the less on board i am also how how can a person like cherry sit on the fins permanently and like betray Lady Quick, kind of like fuck Lady Quigley right in front of her, and then she's like, uh, like the next scene's asking, "I need you to betray Lucy Wells," and then she does that, I guess, and then she immediately goes to tell uh, Nancy that she's done, so Nancy can spring into action. I just don't understand what lovers. I don't understand what levers of power there are, how they're being pulled. Um, I don't buy any of the relationships. Um, I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like this show, and maybe it's something that they're trying to struggle with them, themselves because they've had a lot of high profile, like, you know, people going off for The Walking Dead and other people leaving for other opportunities and they're scrambling. But holy shit, this just feels like Harlots is, like, like I said last week, it feels like it's wrapping up. Uh, but I feel like they could have done this unsatisfactorily, ex- I might add. I feel like they could have done this exact same story basically the exact same way with the same people dying and moving in and out of the picture. If it felt like they were writing from the perspective of doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, l- like you said with cherry, for instance, y- she's got some, she's got some motivation that was set up in the previous season with her loving Charles, I guess it's not something that we necessarily empathize with but it's something that she is consistently shown to do mm-hmm. and you thought that charles felt the same way then he went off to debtor, debtor's prison so now we are to think that cherry's a free agent who's a spy but we want her to be on our hero's side which is the the greek street house i suppose mm-hmm. 
Uh, but if Charles comes back, then whatever wind Charles blows in is what Cherry's wind is going to blow in the same direction, mm. I guess. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know because Charles has been in my A since what episode two. Right. But Lydia's saying like, if something happens to me, Charles still stands to inherit this share of the golden square house. And it's being collected upon because Lucy and Elizabeth Harvey can't pay for it anymore. So does that mean that we're going to go back to the beginning of the season where Charles... Oh, my God. Are we going to have a Charles in charge situation? That's <laughs> no, what's happening. Charles That's is what's in charge happen. of anything. That's what they said in the text of the show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how much people owe money. I don't know how, like, is... They 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 said it the same with Elizabeth Harvey where she was going to get out why the getting's good and you know William North just went up there and like just grabbed her and said nope and that felt weird too um like he didn't I, I don't know I I don't know I don't I honestly I don't know what's going on in the show I can't succinctly tell anyone's motivations and like, whether I'm supposed to feel sympathetic about it or not. Like, I was like, I felt like they set up Elizabeth Harvey as a villain, you know, in the beginning. And it, I thought that we were seeing that final heel turn this episode, but now she's back to, um, you know, trying to plead the case for Lucy. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't understand the justice system again. Like if, if Lucy's word, uh, is going to be that powerful, even though half of the justices in the room by the show's own admission are for Blaine anyway. Um, like if, if that's going to be persuasive, like wouldn't Lady Quigley throwing her in debtor's prison, wouldn't that be a very obvious like obstruction of justice kind of situation? But like, I, I don't know, because I don't I don't understand how the, the London justice system works anymore. I don't know who's being paid off. I don't know, you know. Like Kate, I don't understand her how her plot armor works. Like I don't understand how she can get away with slapping a prince and you know not have any consequences to it. I I don't. I mean, I, I, I have know. some answers to those things, but there are there are answers to the canon that I made up inside of my own mind, which aren't canon. I like to hear them. Do they make sense? I feel like the prince is a, a man child. Sure. And that he responds well to her slapping him and setting boundaries. And that's something that he absolutely respects. But they haven't shown that in the show. It's just something I'm inferring from seeing from seeing other stories like this and relationships like this that I've seen that have conveyed that. Yeah. That again, Kate, Kate's supposed to be this farm girl who just was a, was a lusty farm girl who She's loved her DTF. farm boy. And now she's got all this like sixth sense about how to handle these 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 powerful men, and you know, just like we were saying in the beginning, like where did all this come from? Right when she was in the mental ho- when she was in Bedlam, she was just this doe eyed innocent girl uh-huh. who she wasn't uh, she wasn't some sort of oh uh, I don't know I, I'm running through words in my mind that aren't offensive to anyone, but I'm uh-huh. just going to use like the terminology of the time. She's not some whore that just likes to have sex for money and doesn't feel anything like she just had a relationship with a guy that she liked that she knew growing up uh-huh. growing up rather and she's just this doe-eyed innocent very naive person and then uh- suddenly turns into this uh, venus because of lydia Quigley- quigley's unstable tutelage she, yeah, there she- was no repercussions for lydia quigley having gotten her brain spun out right she just went right back to normal after she killed another person. 
Yeah. What and, and now like Kate's also got this like I don't need a rescuer, I am the rescuer. Like I am the mouse that's going to go down into the devil's well to save poor Penny. You know, like, I I right, it's problematic if not just bad storytelling. Yeah, like why does she want to be the princess courtesan, I guess? I don't know what she wants because her She's never expressed any She's kind in love of motivation. That's, oh, that's the other thing. The Stuart Knox situation. Oh, Jesus. That so was literally he, that, introduced the at the, of end, the end of this... the episode before. And I, it was kind of like this flirtatious bar thing. Now they're having like soul sex. And he's like completely Twitter-pated, even though she's being she sold off to the prince. She him in the garden. So she goes out in her pajamas, even though it's full daylight, right. to go and find him. And nobody knows he's going to be there. And she can make it back to the porch in time to continue sex with the prince. Yeah, that's the other. That's th- nitpicking timelines a little bit, but still, it's valid. Yeah. It's valid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like this, the he's got this giant manor in his castle, and that Stuart's just going to sneak onto his grounds and just kind of wait until he sees the uh, with two horses and many bags. Right, right. I mean, and I, I just want to remind everyone idea- that I love this show. I no, I love this show. What's happening now? Also, the idea that like these this bailiff is going to ride up onto the prince's land and steal one of his guests, like like that that they would just ride up into his backyard and steal one of his guests from his cricket match because she belongs in debtor's prison. That it just feels ridiculous. It is. It is absurd. Yep. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff going well, on in the that, episode. Her like being accosted and not accosted, but arrested also was absurd. Her motivation for being there and what she hoped to gain out of it was mm. even more baffling, right? No, I mean she. I mean they're telling the story of her being kind of like her mom, impetuous and, and all about doing something now rather than you know kind of waiting and doing something more sober and reason like that. All kind of tracks, but yeah, her but, plan was to show. Again, I, I'm I, I'm glad she actually lost because number one, I don't understand cricket. It looks like whack bat from Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, but they told the story of her just getting her ass handed to her, and I, I for a moment I thought, how are they going to pull out of their ass that she's just amazing at cricket? Uh, but she's not, and she bets. So it's like, but that kind of is almost worse, and that she so she goes out there to wages a hundred wagers a hundred pounds, and she's just yes. counting on that she's so captivating, so bewitching, she's going to steal the prince in pants. Gasp! I would like. She to does s- look good in pants. She I gotta does. say, second time in the season we've seen it, and it's it's a nice look. I would like to see. I would have liked to seen half of Margaret Wells mm-hmm. and the other half of. Uh, you know Charlotte Wells and William North and her the that dichotomy of like Margaret Wells's impetuousness and but also cunning planning uh clever fox ways but also mm-hmm. like the William North Charlotte Wells half of her that's that's uh actually does have the good ideas and has that that trap ready to be sprung type of thought to her and she's all margaret wells worst impulses in yeah. this scene i have no read but on, she's young that's fine i have no read on hal pincher either whether like i mean i know he's not a good guy but is he sincere at all and okay. trying to help i have thought situation with jack it seems like he killed charlotte wells without a doubt on accident 100 percent. Right. he threw a hand back because he was pissed at his brother and meant mm-hmm. to throw a fist at him mm-hmm. he threw charlotte wells over the staircase on accident right 
And he tells the story. Because she weighs this, five pounds and just like that, you know, like like go, went dresses, flying ten feet. And then the dresses, the wigs. I mean, once right. you get top heavy, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, ten the feet away from the staircase. All fucked, yeah. But this this episode, he says that he just saw red as if he did it on purpose in some way. And I think that's the wrong way to take this character. Yeah. As if he's he's a person who'll punch through a door inches away from your head like he's that volatile when we haven't gotten any inclination of that this far. Well, we started to because he started getting real handsy and grand and now everybody's saying like, you got to watch out for this guy. He's crazy. And, you know, you've got uh, Emily being all like, oh, no, not how he'll never hurt. And I don't know. He talks like all of a sudden he talks like an abuser. I don't. I think he's I a manipulative person. I thought he was person. the level-headed guy of the group, Absolutely. but and I guess Isaac's, you know, he get killed, he got killed. So I mean, and here's the, here's what I mean when I edge. say that if they had written this season, the exact same season, a little bit better, mm-hmm. then at this point in time, the trauma of his brother's death affecting him would have caused this kind of reaction, mm-hmm. where he is more angry and more quick to blaming the wrong people and making some ra- irrational decisions. Mm-hmm. I, I would believe that, mm-hmm. but that's not what they're doing. Yeah, and that's the problem is that when you know they've they've done they've and they've been successful. They like every year kind of had its own featured villain, and you know they had a new magistrate or a new justice, and there's new. But you keep on. It'd be like uh, I can't even go to Game of Thrones anymore because it shit to bed at the end. But it's like. If every season of Game of Thrones you kept like the Starks, but there was a different ruling family on the Iron Throne, and you had to get used to all this other, like I, again, I don't know who the powers are. I don't know what their relative like rank is. I don't understand. I don't have a good read on Hal's character. It seems like it changes from episode to episode. Um, I'm very tired of this fucking blackmail plot. Like this has been going on for episodes and they spent an inordinate amount of time dealing with it this fucking episode. And it doesn't even matter because the truth came out or at least her version of the truth. And now she's clinging to the small lot. It was Margaret Wells that pulled the trigger and she's trying to do the whole, you know, William North, let it die, let it die, let it die. Don't go chasing after ghosts. But I don't why I don't know why I should care about Pincher. I don't know why I should care about Emily Wells. I don't well, like here's, here's, the people I do care about. Like Fanny is getting sh- like her only purpose this episode is to service the plot with this blackmailing harlot. And damn, there's more there. There's more for her to do. I did think we need her. Yeah. So here's another thing that we haven't talked about in a while is uh, Harriet who. I've never really liked because I I guess I don't never really understood her motivations and then and William North and his mm-hmm. quest to help her, which I do understand because he, he's a good man. Mm-hmm. So he's Lord, trying to find one of his guys too. So Lord Ledsam kidnapped Jack Lively, mm-hmm. who they've all got a connection to at this point. She he is Harriet's bully man, if not her secret wannabe lover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Do you yeah, think did, this is the same kind of people snatchers that they alluded to early on in the season with Nell? Or do you think this is just like a revenge plot because they want to get Jack out of, or Ledsom wants to get Jack out of Harriet's hair? I don't know. It seems to me like I thought the snatcher was someone who's preying on the the harlots of London and they're going to some kind of Jack the Ripper thing. Now it seems like they have 
change that perception to make it seem like there are uh, black folk in London just getting snatched off the streets and 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 uh, um, shipped over to the sugar plantations and whatnot in the Americas. And you know that's that's horrific. And I actually am somewhat invested in this story because I like William North. I like you know, and because I like him, I like his guys. Um, I thought it was interesting they had this kind of romance between you know Jack and Harriet, but it's. And and I like their you know giving up speeches and kind of like rousing all the other uh, people of color in London and and the people who are sympathetic to that as well to kind of like you know keep uh, the the to to try to put a stop to this and save one man we could save mul- multiple all that stuff is good but they also put a little bit of like is Harriet trying like are they going to pair Harriet and William North together now that margaret wells is you know declared for america because i felt like they they resurrected that romance just a little bit in some of their scenes that's what i'm saying a little bit of intimacy there like this was buying time from this thing that they set up before and shut down with before when they were having this romance this perceived romance by margaret wells i didn't think there was anything there and happening i think it was just her needing help and him trying to help her. And now there's a thing happening. There's a quote unquote thing. I don't think there's a romance really happening. Mm. I just think that n- now at this point, the the pairing off seems very natural in a way that they can help each other at this point mm-hmm. that they could have always helped each other. I just, I'm not sure why they needed the girl versus girl a kind of rivalry between Margaret and Harriet unless it was going to result in something. Well, I, like I said, I, I think that this season has been them calling audible after audible, trying to deal with all the scheduling conflicts and the schedule around their cast and plot around their cast. And this, you know, it's like this used to happen a lot more. It's kind of been rare that like people bail on projects and, and, and whatnot, but like it seemed to happen a lot to this show and yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense. So the last thing I want to say about Harriet is that Harriet decides to trust Hal and he betrays her immediately. But does he, or is he, cause like I'm kind of persuaded that maybe, uh, cause now we found out that his mother got, sold by his father or her man or something to a sugar plantation. And he's got personal stake in like seeing this type of thing put down. Um, so like I, I'm halfway persuaded as Emily Lacey is that he's actually, you know, working to take down this whole plot, but also he's very much in it for himself and his own fortune. Right. So I, I am Harriet, and uh-huh. I'm listening to your pitch, and I'm not buying it. <laughs> right, right. It's... But she's desperate to get Jack back. But also, William North is on the case. Let him do his work. Can I tell you one thing I liked about this episode? Yes. I like Nancy in her Bloodborne Hunter's costume, um, accosting Lord Blaine with her Hunter's Workshop trick weapon and calling him Beast. Yeah, I agree. There, she's got a lot of blood echoes in her. He's 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 literally a blood-starved beast. He needs to kill again. <laughs> he is, and it's not not too much longer till he's going to start sprouting fur and horns and transforming. Mm-hmm. And that is the season four of the Harlots. That I'm hoping that they round uh, into shape. Me too. So we have exactly, and here's the thing. Um, one of the reasons that my frustration is starting to boil over is we are approaching the final episode. I believe it's next week. 
I don't see how any of this stuff is going to resolve in any kind of satisfactory manner. Like it's going to feel like this. They have torn the heart out of this show and flipped over the card table. And we're going to essentially have a, some kind of half-assed cliffhanger and we'll have to see next season unless they just are going to wrap this thing up and then uh, you're, you're done. I, I don't know. What, what's your, what's your, uh, a take on this or your your gut feeling yeah i mean that's the thing if if the writers had known in the early stages of the previous season what was going to happen in the early stages of this season mm. we've would have gotten a different show mm-hmm. i think all of these things the same things could have happened in a more concise manner in a more satisfying way i'm not sure if they can wrap this up and just say like, wow, that was a very long intermission, I guess on real action and development. And then next season they pick up with something bigger and stronger, which I can't even imagine without Jessica Brown Finley in Leslie Manville, Mm -hmm. honestly. And Lucy for that matter. Are you going to kill Lucy? Yeah. What the hell are we even here for anymore? Yeah. It's not Fanny. And I like Fanny, but it's not Fanny. Yeah. It's not Lydia Quigley. What I are keep we thinking here of for? like how can they build a show around like Lucy and Nancy and Lady I mean, gotta, Fitz? I mean, kinda? that's exactly it. It's like anytime you write something at all, you have to ask yourself who's the audience that you're writing for and who's the audience now because it's not the people that you started writing for in the beginning. I just think that like that's another th- sign of the show not being prepared to do this because I don't think Lucy had developed enough as a character to believably take on all these roles and stresses that she's supposed to be like, she needed another season to kind of round into some kind of Charlotte shape of having enough experience and having a, you know, but like, she's just such a fucking easy Mark. Uh, it's not really fun to watch her kind of flail around and getting taken advantage of and get arrested. And then she runs away and right. she gets and, her. And nobody's ro- rooting for Lydia Quigley. So her coming back into power and like, conquering lord uh the marquesa blaine is not something we're rooting for either yeah uh well that's a bummer we got one more we got one more episode to go we'll see what if anything they can do to rekindle our love for harlots um because uh i i will not i will be taking my shillings elsewhere listen i am so sorry (laughs) to everyone we should just stop we covering. We killed this show. We should, like, I mean, we're going to try again. We're not covering it, any television together ever again. We're going to try again. No, you're wrong. We're going to try again in September to kill American Horror Story. But I, yeah, like, we, I, we, we, uh, I think we should need it. We need to permit before we cover television. This is a cosmic joke. We are, we've got, we've got, uh, these microphones need to be registered as dangerous weapons because they've killed so many, so struck down so many shows in their prime. <sighs> if you have feedback for us, please send it to TV at baldmove.com. Uh, you can also discuss Harlots on our forums, forums.baldmove.com with your fellow fans. We'll be back next week for the finale. Also, we've got another episode of Bald Move TV coming up Friday where we talk about general TV stuff. And we've actually seen a lot of stuff. We went on vacation last week. Uh, got a lot to talk about regarding uh, what have we seen? The boys? Uh, I've got got through season one of Dark. I, I'm going to be talking about a little bit of that. Uh, and also HBO premiered a new show, The Righteous Gemstones, that Jim and I and Cecily will be talking about here on Friday. And we also got some more industry talk on Bald Move TV. Stay tuned for that. We'll be back next week to put Harlots to bed. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily. Good night. Good night.